Welcome to season two of the Shop Still podcast, a podcast for woodworkers and the maker community in general. With Joey Chalk from King Post Timberworks, Jordan Crawford from Periodic Furniture Studio, and Robin Lewis from Robin Lewis Makes. Hello everyone, I hope you're all very well. Welcome back to episode four, season two of the Shop Store podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts. We've got Joey Chalk. Joey, how are you today? Very good, how are you going? Good, good, good. And Jordan Crawford. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you for asking. And my name is Robin Lewis. It's great to have your company today. So we're also joined today by a very special guest and one that you're most likely familiar with if you've spent any time on YouTube recently. He's a maker specializing in wood and metal and he's amassed almost 110,000 subscribers on YouTube at the time of this recording. He's met Jimmy DeResta and Tim Sway and probably the best point of all is that he happens to live in the same city as me here in Townsville. <laughs> I'd like to give a warm welcome to Scott Turner from For Me Industrious. Scott, how are you today? I'm very well, Robin. And guys, how you doing? Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for being on the, Scott, on, on the show, Scott. I really do appreciate it. Um, as I said in the beginning, you've had some... Let's, I'm, I'm going to call it some wild success, probably in the last 12 to 18 months, and I'm really keen to get into, into some of that today and just, and just have a chat about how all of that came to be. So uh, I guess probably a good start for, for everyone out there who doesn't know you um, or who has never heard of you before, uh, give us a little bit of a background of what you do, where you've come from, and how you got to being what I would consider a, a YouTuber, like what, what brought you to this this point? Well, when YouTube was, uh, I guess it came out uh, in 2008 or whatever, and using YouTube, my, my own experience was uh, how to fix something. Uh, I didn't really watch it for much else. Um, and probably around about 2010 or thereabouts, uh, I, was, I was in my workshop here and I was looking at doing some metal work and I, I saw a recommended uh, page, Mitchell Dillman, come up. And he's, a, uh, he's an artist, he's in the United States, I think Colorado. And he was doing metal art and sculpting, and he also does woodwork. Uh, so he was one of the very first ones uh, that I saw as what you'd probably call a maker. Um, and he was talking to the to the audience and uh, having weekly videos and that. And I just tuned in on Mitchell, and he was very down to earth. And I really enjoyed his work and, and appreciated what he what he uh, what he was producing. Um, and that sort of led me to other recommendations in the YouTube watch page and and. Little did I know that uh, a guy by the name of Jimmy DeResta came up on my watch page and I didn't know who this guy was and uh, this is going back in 2013 so it was a while ago and uh, around that time my wife and I went to uh, the United States, we went to New York City and uh, in, 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 your, in that city, that's where Jimmy was, but I didn't, I didn't have a clue who this guy was. I didn't know about the maker scene. I'm trying to think back to then, was, was the maker scene, I mean obviously it wasn't what it is today, but was it a thing back then? There, there were some guys out there um, doing some routine videos and things like that, but it was nothing like what it is today. Um, it was, it was just, it was more low key, uh, more backyard sort of stuff, and, and um, ordinary folk. Now it's getting pretty serious, uh, pretty professional with the, uh, the the camera work and the sound recording, and also the output of the videos, all the editings. It's it's very, it's a very busy space now. Uh, but back in those days, I thought, well, maybe I could do a video, and um, and some of my family were interested in some of the things I was up to, and I, I put together, I hacked together a video and put it up there, 
and forgot about it and and then you get a comment saying they liked the video or um, that's interesting. Hopefully, hopefully saying that they liked the video. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and then you get these views and you, you don't even take any notice because you're not looking for that and suddenly you, you click on your channel and uh, you've got all these views and oh, maybe I could make another video just for kicks. Just, it was nothing serious. And, I, and it sort of went from there and you get more comments and, and more people subscribe and I think I only had you know, two or three subscribers and the next week I might have been five or ten or something like that. And, uh, and I thought, well, maybe I could try a bit more serious project rather than just sort of a, just a fun project and that's probably how I started. And then I learnt about uh, monetizing and, and you, can, um, you can actually get an income from it. And I, my goal was to see if I can get a, a cup of coffee out of it. And so yeah. I, I scored. Right. Um, I ended up scoring a cup of coffee out of uh, YouTube. I, I, um, this is before you had to have a thousand subscribers and all those other impediments that they have now. So that's how it started, and and really it's just rolled on from there. So my first video was in about 2013, and and uh, my last right. video was about a week or so ago. So you never had ambitions of being popular or or being a full time YouTuber. It was more just you just happened to end up in this scenario. That's exactly right. When I first started it, there was absolutely no, no ambitions. It was more, more about sharing something worthwhile. If you know something uh, that can help somebody along the way, it's, it still has that thought for me. That's still part of it. Because um, I've, I've looked up how to replace a wheel bearing on a car or whatever, and you go out and, you go, you know, you go out and do that, and that's a very valuable sort of uh, knowledge. So sharing was a big part of it, and that contribution. Just now that, um, uh, I, well, I've left my full-time career in aviation, just a bit, bit more of my background. I did basically 30 years either fixing aeroplanes or managing people fixing aeroplanes. So uh, it, it got to a stage where I just wanted to have a break from that and um, explore more creative options. And it, there was a voice that just got louder, a noise that just got louder and louder within inside me. And uh, YouTube was really the vehicle um, to allow me to do that without taking too much risk in terms of shop rent. I can just work from my own shop in here and, and just set up and produce a video and, uh, and see where that takes me. I'm still, I'm still learning. I'm still learning what, what it's all about and where I'm going. But, um, Scott, are you still well, are you, are you um, selling any of the things you're making? Or, or at this point, are you still just kind of furnishing all the rooms in the house and coming up with kind of cool projects for uh, just for uh, you know entertainment value M mainly finish uh, furnishing all the rooms in the house and I'm running out of room so you guys are coming up I'll just get a truck and drive around and deliver some furniture I think <laughs> um, it, I have sold I, I do get a commission every now and then um, I yeah. just um, I, I get some CNC work as well um, okay. and, and the odd thing like a clock or a little side table things like that but uh, really I've, I've probably said I, I would like to just steer away from commissions just for the next 12 months or right. so if I can and, and just concentrate on building the YouTube channel um, and setting up my workshop and just see where that takes me um, you know and I'm, I'm like I said 30 years in aviation I just kind of want to catch my breath and enjoy life and hear the kookaburras and the birds chirping in the background and enjoy making in that creative uh, spirit and uh, I just feel my batteries recharging every day because of that um, and that's yeah. that's that's very important to me as a father and, and as a you know as a role model um, to give my give finally give back some time to the family. I guess because your channel is working so well at the moment, you can ride those coattails. You, you know, you're not sort of 
using that as one of your revenue streams or one of your hobbies, you know, in addition to something else, your YouTube channel can really hold its own weight and, and you can put everything into that because of that success. I'm very fortunate. Um, I do count my blessings in so much that we can afford to do this because the YouTube yeah. revenue is, is, uh, is okay, uh, but it's not something to raise a family on. Um, you have to have other things to, um, to uh, working for you. Um, but my wife and I, we work pretty hard to allow ourselves to have this opportunity um, to do this. Um, we, we own the house, we don't have any mortgages. So this, now if, now's the time, if, if not now, when? Um, yeah. and, it's, yeah. and so we're, we're sort of jumping in and, and giving this thing a go. So uh, I said 30 years of, of turning up to work every day um, <laughs> and putting the yards in, it's, it's not as if it's just sort of happened overnight. So Jordan, I was going to ask, how did, because I know Joey, you've mentioned in the past you got into this YouTube side of things to, to show to your customers how y your projects come together. But Jordan, what's your, what's your origin story? Uh, I think I started the YouTube as a way of keeping track of what I was building and working on because I was like working in the theater industry at that stage where everything I built would be on stage for six weeks and then end up in a skip. So like, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. So I yeah. started it with no ambition of being a YouTuber either. I just started it to have a, a record of what I was building and kind of keep track of the progress I was making. Um, and yeah, I mean, in that regard, I can definitely relate to, to Scott because, yeah, it wasn't anything expected from it other than to just do it. And when one person started watching and I got the first couple of comments and I thought, oh, wow, this, this is kind of cool and they're asking for feedback, I thought, well, that's the perfect thing for the next video is to explain that a little bit further mm. and then... You know, yeah. just kind of, uh, is it snowballed? I think that's the yep. saying. It's just snowballed <laughs> yeah. into one after another. So, yeah. Because, like, the one thing I, I notice about your video, Scott, is, like, the sincerity of it. It doesn't come across mm. as if you're trying to force anything or fake anything, but you're, you're genuinely trying to share this, like, if it's a fact, you, you're just sharing this, this cool fact that you think is actually cool. Or if it's just the, the build itself, it's, it's very truthful mm. uh, at least the way it's delivered whereas some people out there you can tell i'm just doing a video for the sake of doing a video but i never kind of get that feeling yeah i think that's right and and um i i guess i'm trying not to succumb to the pressure of having to make a video my mm. my goal and some of the constraints i have is to produce something worthwhile that can inspire um people um, that's got enough creativity or artistic element that that it's it's a worthwhile project to, to share. Um, there's there's dozens of things that I do around the workshop that that I don't film um, because I, I it doesn't it doesn't float my boat. It doesn't stimulate me. So I I, I don't have the excitement to share that. Something that really strikes me when I was watching your videos, uh, Scott, is there's these glimpses of your personality that comes through really strongly and. Um, it reminded me a lot of Colin Furs, where he does these crazy breakaways where he's dancing around or doing something crazy, and and I can see some of that in some of your videos. And I thought, man, I don't know if I don't know if there's more of in that for you, but 
it, I, if you've got it, you should just let more of that into your videos because it mm. really, it really, I found myself with grinning away watching your, your videos, and I thought that doesn't usually happen on a maker video for me. I'm really glad to hear that. I'm really glad yeah. to hear that because life's so damn serious. And uh, you know what? Even when you're making something in the shed and you're in front of the camera and you you focus on that, something will happen. You either trip over or you. Um, <laughs> You know, you'll sneeze or fart or whatever, whatever it is. There's just stuff that happens. When you're in the workshop by yourself, um, you know, most of us have got some sort of sense of humour, and, and if you can let that slide into your video somehow, because it's never, it's never a perfect, uh, straightforward job. It, there's always stuff that yeah. you, you break or it doesn't work or you've done something really stupid, and some. I think that's worth sharing. I, I would love to put more like. If I could start my channel again, I would be 100%. I would do more of that kind of stuff. And I think it was a bit of a trap I fell into where my video, my first few videos, I didn't know what I was doing and, and there was no reference point at that point for this kind of thing. So all I, I thought all I had to do was make like a straight instructional type video. And, and then when you start seeing these other guys putting their personalities in, I thought, oh man, it's a bit late for me to do that because I've kind of got this style that people expect I thing. guess yeah. and if I start going crazy it's going to look forced you know so just keep it as is but the flip side of that of course though is that if you've got a personality you, not necessarily that, that you're a bad person but you've just got a <laughs> an abrasive personality for, for lack of a better right. word or, or just you just don't click with people socially then you you run that risk of you know not being not being as welcomed as other channels. So I, I kind of like the the way that you've done it from that perspective, Joey, because you can, and I'm thinking back to when you first start, when I first started watching your videos, you could be whoever I wanted you to be on that day. Right. Because there was, there was no, <laughs> no you, emotion. You there wasn't anything there. So my imagination made you whoever right. I wanted to be, which was yeah. a lot of help. That's interesting. It's, you know, these channels, they, they're a work in progress. They evolve um, as we evolve because it's fairly sort of new to us. Although it's certainly new to me. I feel funny sitting in front of a camera talking to it. As one of the things that early on, I really didn't want to talk into the camera. I didn't want it to be a tutorial. I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a welder. Um, I'm probably more of a creator or a, uh, uh, that's why they use this term maker. You're a bit of everything. And so I just wanted the work to show, just, just bring the result really. And, uh, but as I evolve, I find myself saying something or explaining a little thing because the pictures don't always show the whole story. Or you do something silly and it's worthwhile putting in. And, and the channel has sort of evolved that way. But um, I'm, I'm always reluctant to, to talk in the videos. I've done that many tries, attempts, where I've spoken. And it just goes into the, not the B-roll or the C-roll, but the Z file. And underneath the house, I've buried it. And it just uh, it doesn't work. But... I don't want to force it, so um, that's why if I do something and I don't publish it, it's because I, I feel like it's I don't want to force the issue. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I often will just use my first take for everything. I might do one, two, or three takes at a piece of camera, but I almost always use my first because it's just more genuine, and I'll have mistakes in it. And I'll just leave them in because mm. it's just there's it no point trying to be perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I if I have something where I am trying to say and I am forcefully trying to say it, I fail every single time. <laughs> yeah. But when I am just like off the cuff and doing it more that vlog style where I'm just talking and I let myself stuff up or I let myself stumble, I can cut around it. And in my opinion, anyway, yeah, 
it feels like it's a natural delivery and it's not this computer thing. But when I have scripted something out, yeah, I'm guaranteed to fail. It, lo- it loses that genuineness that you, we were talking about earlier. It loses that relatableness. Yeah. No, we're all, we're all sharing the same <laughs> the same issues yeah. there. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a number of issues, complexities in a workshop. The job's the f- the foremost one. You've got to try and produce something that's worthwhile, and then. Um, Whilst the camera's there, you're moving all the junk and bins and rags around behind the camera, and then then get back in front of the camera and make sure you, you know everything's good to go. Like for me, because I have a, a shop where customers can come visit and say g'day, people will see me on the videos where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mindful if I'm feeling crap on a certain day, I won't do a video because it will come across as me feeling like crap. But then people come in and like I, I'm snowed under because I'm trying to catch up on a hundred different things, and this guy will come in and then think, "Oh, that guy's a real grouch. She doesn't look like that on his computer." <laughs> and it's like, "Well, yeah, but you've you've come in at eight a.m. I've been open for two minutes, yeah. and you're here trying to ask me to explain what the difference between a square bit of wood is and a rectangular bit of wood is. It's <laughs> and a they shape. want and they want Jordan Crawford on camera. Jordan Crawford, yeah. he's dancing yeah, exactly. all over the place, and yeah. So it's like. You know, I don't want to force force anything in the videos, but at the same time, I don't want to force anything in real life. So, I, I guess welcome to showbiz. That when you yeah, are an entertainer, exactly. that's that's what you get. Yeah, it's it's still funny that you say that. It's uh, it's a got to get your head around it because here we are, we're all just sitting in our homes or workshops, and and uh, you're an entertainer. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one to get the head around. Um, and Neil Neil Pask from Passmakes, I find is the in in that sense is just the the strangest scenario because he's the most quiet humble guy and he's got however many hundreds of thousands of people of, <laughs> however many hundreds of thousands of people demanding entertainment from him yeah and yet he's just such a subtle guy yeah so scott um looking down your thumbnails of your videos there's a very quickly there's an overall style, a kind of aesthetic maybe, of wood and steel. And do you have a, a name for that? Or is there, I guess it's like a multi-part question. Like, do you know what style you're making? How did that evolve to be like that? And is it going to change? Uh, I, I like doing the industrial style, uh, wood and steel. I love the two materials. Uh, um, the, like, rivets... When I walk down and see the old buildings with the um, ornate um, scroll work and things like that, I really fall in love with it. If you go into the old cities like New York or um, you know Sydney, even any of those sorts of places, the, the old bridges and things like that with the rivets and the and the, the artisans put these things together in those older days. Um, I love that steel and I love that um, that that permanency of that type of type of workmanship. And so I guess mm. that's worked, worked its way into my craft and my creativity. So when I sketch something out, it's always, it's always got some steel and it's always got some wood in it. Um, probably early on, say 2010, when I was you know, sketching things out, I, I come across um, Pinterest, I think it might have been, and you, you look for coffee tables and you look for some other bits and pieces and you see some of the styles that you like in there. So if there's anybody who's interested in designing and that, those sorts of places are a great um, creative uh, resources to help you and uh, I guess that's where it's evolved from there building a coffee table out of out of steel look look steel the glue dries real fast it's straight um, it's very consistent wood is yeah. is has a beauty about it and it has a feel and a smell and uh, it's something that's very natural and 
totally gorgeous and it fills the soul. Uh, when the two combine, you have something with such great strength um, and the beauty as well, and that's what attracts me to it. I don't see myself changing away too much from it. Um, like I don't see myself as being um, a true cabinet maker with the dovetails and things like that. Um, so I guess I'll probably continue with what I'm doing, just different right. objects. I encounter a lot of people that are coming into woodworking later in their like working careers and a lot of them would say the same thing to me and that is that you know oh, i've been working with metal for 30 40 years but uh you know you can stick two bits of metal together just just easier you know it's easier to me but but, but would you say that when you're working with metal and wood that you find yourself favoring one side or the other more finding that metal is actually easier to work but wood takes more of the kind of you know you slow it down a bit because you got you can't just fill a, a weld with extra uh, sorry a glue joint with extra weld in wood where you can with metal do you find that kind of relationship or is it just grumpy old men that i'm doing <laughs> no there's some truth to that but i think steel once you've once you can weld um the next you, you've got to learn to cut material and, and prepare the material for for joining um, and then there's an engineering side, so you know it's not going to bend and twist and shrink and in those sorts of aspects. Once you've got those sorts of things in your head, it's pretty, the steel works pretty straightforward, pretty quick. The woodwork takes a lot more care. Uh, you've got to take into account the movement of the wood and the different species and twist and bowing, because it's a tree. It, it's got all different uh, characteristics that, that intertwine with other bits of wood. So. I find that the woodwork I have to uh, concentrate and plan much more carefully um, and so I, whatever I'm into, like if I'm doing the steel work, I get into that and I'm all 100% just that steel work. I'm not even thinking about the wood. Uh, when I'm thinking about everything, I'm, that's where I'm at the sketch pad. When I get to the woodwork, I'm not even thinking about the steel work. Um, I just want to get into the wood so I get engrossed in what I'm doing at the time. It'd probably be a... a um, a good time to talk about your latest project then. Scott, you and I have discussed this slightly um, over the last couple of weeks. Do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown on that? Because I think that's a really exciting project, but just also how the whole thing came to be and where it's going. It's, it's quite impressive. Okay, right. So my latest project was a, a desk for a, an international customer in San Francisco. Uh, Max, he contacted me probably last October and just through watching my YouTube channel and asked if I would uh, be interested in making a desk for him. I said, yeah, of course, and, but I tried to talk him out of it because, quite frankly, I get a lot of requests for jobs overseas um, and the freight is ridiculous, it truly is. Um, and I phoned up some freight companies just for a rough estimate and I got back to Max and he said, yeah, that's no problem, so let's go ahead. So we moved into the next stage of the job and um, where I could actually quote the thing out and um, I thought this is uh, a very, very big price for the amount of work that's involved. I thought he'd can it at that stage, and he goes, no, that's, that's okay, uh, move on to the next stage. So it took me by surprise. I was never expecting this job. Um, so it was a desk. Uh, he liked the industrial style, so I had to incorporate the wood uh, and the, the steel work, which I've been doing in an industrial sort of fashion. And I gave him some concept sketches and we basically took it from there. The concept sketches, uh, Max wanted to have that in a uh, like a computer design CAD version, which I I can't do. I sort of steer away from that. I, I I don't have the patience to do that at this stage. So he he does, and he whipped it up on the on the um, Fusion 360, 
and uh, we agreed on the concept and, and we went from there and we, we built this thing. It, like I said, last October and I've only just finished it and uh, it, because it was a very demanding job. Max, uh, he, he had very particular ideas and we had a few experimental uh, ideas as well. Um, and it's very hard over the, the distance of the, the tyranny of distance and also uh, time delays. And uh, so we ended up getting the job done, but it was a mighty big, complex, uh, time-consuming mm. job. Um, I'm glad it's done, but I'm also glad that I took it on now. I was probably cursing a little bit at the time, but I'm so glad I took it on. Uh, Max was a great customer. He was very patient, and uh, it ended up being something that will, I think, last for, for many years. And he hasn't got it yet, so he might be he might be sending me a uh, <laughs> rocket. I don't know, but uh, it's on its way there now. You wanted it one to ten scale. <laughs> Talking about scale then, uh, Scott, going back to the fact that he, de- does, he provided the drawing, were you, was he expecting it then to be millimetre perfect or what was the tolerances of it, considering he was saying, this is what I want? Definitely. Uh, there, was a, there was a high degree of expectation on the job because it had to fit within a very limited space within his apartment in, in San Francisco. I mean, they, those... Those places they live in, they're like shoeboxes, I guess, but um, very, very small, and, and it had constraints. Uh, and it, he, he had particular things, like it had to have adjustable height for the top shelf, it had to be adjustable, because he may go to a bigger monitor in years to come. Um, he had to have a spot for his uh, subwoofer, and also he wanted a hatch in the center of the desk, and that meant uh, a rather complex design uh, chopping a big hole in the centre of the desk where he can access cables and things like that, and I spent hours trying to to try and work that out. And, and he wanted it cast out of bronze, and in the <laughs> end, yeah, yes. uh, well, not cast, machined. We well, I initially said right. we could probably machine yeah. that, but the machining time for that was uh, on my machine was something like 30 hours. The risk was just too too great, and yeah. uh, so then we talked about casting uh, the the hatch, and we uh, the machining. Be done on your CNC. Is that yeah. CNC router? Is that yeah, right. So yeah. I would machine it out in the bronze and uh, or the brass and, and go from there. But uh, it took three hours to carve it in wood. Yeah, everything has to be slowed down when you're carving the metal. So uh, it, would, it was just such a high risk, and I ended up saying I can't do that. It hurts me to say it, but um, it's too great a risk. And we we took some sense and said let's let's hold off on that idea. And uh, so. And did he provide the drawings in uh, American or metric? Ah, well, um, there's only one sensible system there, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we, we could work in both. If, if um, well, we, that's where Google's good. You can you can type yeah. in you can type in the conversions, and it works pretty well. Uh, it's it's a relief to have that job sent. I, t- I can say that it's 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 very much. Oh, so what am I doing now? You know, I can sit back and, and have a bit of smell the roses, so to speak. Now, just for anyone who's interested, that video is available now on YouTube. It's a really long one as well, Scott. You put a lot of time into that one. Um, so if anyone's interested in the, the table that we're talking about, they can check it out there. How long did that take you to edit that? It took probably three days. I, this is something that um, when you're starting at a YouTube channel, your, your effort is probably quite minimal, I guess. Well, I'm speaking from my own experience. I didn't put a lot of time into it, but these days I put days into my editing. Um, it's a big, big part of setting up the video. I take multiple shots, different angles, 
I take many hours of, of video footage and I only use it like a fraction of that, but um, I've got it there if I need it. And I spend an age editing uh, the videos, so, hmm. Oh well, that's what it is, that's what it takes. Well, th that's the thing, and if you can get a good number of people to watch for that, for that length, and looking at the, the comments that I read through, it looks like a large majority of the people watching that video sat through all 20 odd minutes that it was, then you're onto a winner. You're obviously doing something right. Yeah, thank you. It, um, it, it is good that uh, people sit through the whole thing and, and that Google Analytics is uh, something that, that can show that sort of, uh, those statistics. Um, some, it's hit and miss sometimes. There's some things that I've posted that I think will do well that just flop. And there's other things that I don't, you know, the opposite of that, and uh, it does very well. But uh, by and large, you know, people are very generous with their comments. You get some people that are a little bit um, negative towards things, but by and large, it's a great community. Yeah. I think for the most part they are, and what's been really great for you in your particular case is you've found that community. And that's half the battle on YouTube is finding that community. Um, we've talked about this on the, on the show before where... YouTube, I think YouTube still sees me as a DIY um, type of guy. Like that's the videos that I'm putting out. So week in and week out, I'm putting out these woodworking videos and YouTube saying, what are you doing? Why are you giving us these videos? You're, you're into DIY. So until I find that audience, it's always this, this uphill battle. Whereas someone like yourself, who's, you've, you've had this rocketing success, it's because they've, they've pinpointed you with that correct audience. And now, and now it's just, Smooth sailing, not smooth sailing, but you know, you're on the right track. I, th I think so, and I, I think I just, I said early on, I just want to do a certain type of video, and I, I've sort of stuck to that, um, and I try and be true to that. I don't try and force it, and uh, so far, it seems to be working. I can't say I'll be doing this forever, but um, I'm, I'm enjoying it at the moment, um, and it's, it's bringing opportunities my way, and um, it, it, it's keeping me interested, and that's an important thing. Seeing as you're raking in all the big bucks now off YouTube, are you going? Are you going to um, double the size of your workshop? I want to try and just stay here for a bit. To double the size right. of the workshop, I either put an extension out the front or out the back, um, or go rent someplace. I want to try and keep it simple and um, keep creating at home. Um, keep yeah. pre pretty much what I'm doing now but just keep varying the projects in terms of oh, like I want to do a, um, a chair next I'm, right now I'm making I'm fitting out a, a, a camper van so I am filming it whether I post or not I don't know um, and that's I'm just something I really want to get into is, is the van life but uh, but then the next next videos I'm going to be doing is, is probably going to be an industrial style chair using wood and steel again and and doing a bit of sewing so I'm hoping I can okay. explore those things well, that's probably a good segue then to talk about what we're all working on at the moment. So an industrial chair, Scott, um, any other details or do you just want to, do you want to just leave it at that and um, make sure everyone comes back to see it? <laughs> I, I, it it'll be a wooden chair, but it'll be curvy. I, I have struggle, I struggle with straight lines sometimes, unless it's using steel. So cur curvy is, it just lets, it allows me to get away with stuff. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> like that curve was always meant to be there, even it's just twisted yeah. or warped, you know, so, uh, um, whereas steel work, when it's curvy, it's warped and, and it's uh, too much heat or whatever. So the chair, yeah, and it'll just be, uh, you know, sometimes I don't overthink it, I, I let things flow and evolve, I'll do a rough sketch and I'll have in mind what I want and it'll just tend to 
um, develop as I go. That's the way I like to do it. Jordan, how about you? What are you on at the moment? Uh, this is actually the first day I've been back at my shop since the last episode. So <laughs> I am very, very far behind. Um, so, yeah, I'm not working on anything in particular, but I am kind of brainstorming. Uh, one of which is a machine, um, which I don't know if I'm actually going to make or not. <laughs> and the other is just new designs, but I haven't actually been working on anything related to my business as I've been helping out another business with a big trade share. So, nothing to report from me. <laughs> Joey, how about you? Uh, man, this week has been pretty tough. Um, we, if anyone's been following along on my Instagram, you would have seen a large kind of plywood um, reception desk for a lo- local council building. And that was pretty major. It's a pretty big job. And it had to be done by by tomorrow, actually. Uh, so I, I got it done a day early. So that was good. Um, but, yeah, some issues with the job financially with the clients. So uh, that probably not a good spot to get into that at this point. But um, needless to say... Uh, uh, it was a bit tense whether I was actually going to start packing it all back up and put it in the van and bring it back to the workshop. Um, so that ended up out good so far. They still owe me some money, so we'll see you next week if uh, I get all of my money. So to just to add to that, to everyone listening to this episode, we're going to be talking about that in next episode because <laughs> I am dying to hear the story. So we will be talking about this in the next one because, yeah, this sounds like a... This sounds like a it, this sounds like a good old Joey story because I remember from last season <laughs> <laughs> you had all the all the interesting quote unquote clients. Yeah. So yeah, super keen to hear what happened. Yeah. I think part of the part of the reason I get these quote unquote interesting clients is because uh, at the moment the last I can just see on my big my year planner and I got nine jobs out or actually ten jobs out last month, which is a complete record for me. I usually average like five if I'm really going well and we just smashed jobs out last month and so I think just the volume of work I'm putting through um, if you just do the numbers at some point uh, every now and then you're going to have a, a sticky client so yeah looking at those pictures there uh, that looks stunning thanks yeah it was um, really interesting I really wanted to use this concrete veneered panel and I've been looking for a job for it for a long time and I convinced these guys that they should use it and uh, really, it looks really awesome. It's a really cool way to kind of have as a, a facade for a reception desk type cabinet. Um, so I'm really happy with how it, how it worked out. Did you video it? <laughs> nope. That's a that's a whole other that's a whole <laughs> other conversation for me at the moment. Um, and I wanted well, I work, I kind of wanted to bring it up with you, Scott, but I, we don't have enough time really to get into the crux of it. But like at the moment you're probably finding okay because you're not working and at the, you've obviously got enough income that um you know i guess from your wife and you're bringing in some of the money as well so that's really good and for me i can't at this point devote the time needed mainly to edit and get the videos out like you're saying three days or two days i could probably spend that if i really wanted to on a video and i'm producing generally 20 to 30 minute videos and i just can't 
give myself that time to put a video out. I've got a bunch of it. I think I've still got two videos filmed. I just can't get them edited. And I'm actually, I'm looking for someone to do it. I can't find anyone who wants to edit my videos. I'm actually wanting to find a cameraman who can just come in. I'll pay them, just film mm. stuff, edit it, and then I can do a final edit. Um, I'm willing to pay someone at this point, but uh, it's just finding someone who's who can do it that's local. Well, if you're willing to pl- pay for my flights every week, I'll come do it for you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be cheap enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I know that. I know the that. The workload that involves, and uh, and you've got other priorities, so it, it you've, it's got to make sense. It has to make sense for yeah. you to do it. So you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, YouTube does provide an income. One, you can never guarantee how much it's going to be. So it's like, do I really want to spend two, three days on a project that might flop, and I might get fifty-seven dollars for the twenty days that it's earning money. You know, is it worth my time for that? Or I might have some awesome video like my outdoor sofa when I got gazillions of views in a month and I made three grand in one month. And that was great. If that mm. happened every month, I'd be happy. But that's not something that's going to happen all the time. So, uh, And so you've got to bet on something, for me at least. I'm the only income source for my family. And so I'm betting on the money. I know exactly how much job is coming in and I know what I should earn. And that's a lot of a safer bet. So what have you been working on, Rob? So I've been working on a, and this is not woodworking related at all, putting in a rainwater tank into my backyard. So the, the Townsville Council recently issued a, an announcement to say that they were giving out rebates for water saving measures. So depending on which one you get, like drip irrigation, rainwater tanks, those sort of things, they'll give you a certain amount of money back. And I've been looking at getting a rainwater tank for ages this was sort of the the what got me over the line with it so the last weekend i was getting it fitted and then this week i've just been painting deck boards to um, cover it all off so really that's been about it it's been shoveling trenches for um, stormwater pipes and stuff so <laughs> there's been nothing very little in the in shop a couple of months you just had the entire town flood not that long ago didn't you yeah and my workshop was rinsed because I didn't have anywhere for the water to go, which is partly what this rainwater tank is going to be for. It's because it rains so hard, so fast here, mm. that that thousand liters is just like a buffer. So mm. it'll fill that up and then hopefully then over the next couple of days, I can release it out into the yeah. yard slowly yeah. and then yeah. t- try and use it like that. So that's, yeah, I don't need gumboots to be in my workshop. <laughs> Ideal. Excuses. <laughs> All right. So, Scott, uh, before we end off the show, I just want to ask one question. And maybe this is a bit of a, a geek out moment, but you've met Jimmy DeResta and we talked about him a little bit in the beginning of the show. What's he like? Because he's sort of like the godfather of the scene. What's he like as a person? Very generous and a very genuine person. Um, he's got incredible fame. In, he, I, I liken it to meeting Elvis Presley when, before I met him. Um, in terms of he had that sort of aura when you watch him and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah. through, through my channel, uh, a guy that watched my channel, Derek Forestier, he's in um, Boston. He's a good friend of Jimmy's and I really didn't know that. But um, when I said I was going to the United States, he said, you'll have to catch up with Jimmy. Um, and he basically made that arrangement for me. He, he gave me Jimmy's email address and he insisted that I call him. He watches <laughs> my channel and that blew me away. So, uh, um, and... Yeah. I, I ended up sending Jimmy an email. I said, 
Sure, why don't you, why don't you drop on in and uh, maybe stay the night? He's in upstate New York, which is, uh, he was in the city, but he moved upstate New York a couple of hours out of town. And uh, he invited me to, to oh, he's never met me before and never had a conversation, <laughs> but he invited me to stay, stay over on his farm, uh, my wife and I. So, uh, um, look, and we, we did drive out there with Tim Sway. I met Tim Sway, another fantastic guy. Um, very genuine. This is the thing about us makers, hey? We're, <laughs> we're, good, we're good guys yeah. and girls. Um, and so we went out and met Jimmy. He was flying a drone around his, um, his uh, makeup church that he's got. He's building this great big uh, building out the back of his yard. Yeah. And uh, then he put his drone down in the mud because it was raining. And, uh, and uh, we, we, uh, he, spent, he spent the whole morning with me and took me to his shop and uh, showed me around. And, and uh, we had good chats. Showed me his chickens, showed me his, you know, all the sheds, and he's got multiple sheds and, the, and all that sort of stuff, and yeah. through the house. And so, you know, that, that's extreme. That's, that's a sign of, of a person who's very generous. Um, yeah. And uh, there was no questions that were too hard. Nothing was off limits. Um, just enjoy yourself, and thanks for a genuine thanks for coming in to see me. That's what I got from him. Awesome. So, um, great guy. Awesome. Great guy. Very talented as well. He, he strikes me as one of those people that will go a mile just to kind of make sure someone is, uh, you know, feeling comfortable or like they're mm. getting value or whatever, so. Uh, very approachable and you're exactly right. Yeah. He is, he is uh, very genuine. Yeah, very fortunate to have, to have um, uh, met those guys over there. I've met a couple of other makers in the States. I think the maker movement over there is, is quite big. Um, mm. Doug Boyd from Art, Artfully Rogue, he's in Phoenix, Arizona, but he was in, I met him at New York because he was in New York City at the time. Dave Gagne, he's uh, from Elm City Vintage. Um, he's in the New Haven area, uh, and and these guys were all the same. They were just so glad to to have the time to, to meet you, and, and we had a few drinks. And Jimmy doesn't drink. We just had you know a cup of tea or whatever. But um, wonderful camaraderie, uh, great friendships, and these are lasting friendships from across the world. And that's a good thing about this YouTube community. And you guys are doing exactly yeah. the same. You're building your communities, and the world needs that um, positivity. And those handshakes across this this big planet, across these seas. So I think it's a fantastic thing, um, and I'm, I'm I'm very grateful to be a part of it. Well, that was very well said. I kind of don't think I can add anything else to that. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Scott, for being on the show. Uh, it was great to hear your story, and and really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you for inviting me on the show, guys. It's, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. To everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, please go ahead and give it a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out. The Shop Store Podcast is available on iTunes and most other podcast apps, as well as YouTube. Joey and Jordan, a pleasure as always. My name is Robin Lewis. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you in the next one. See ya. That's it.